I'm AJ Hoag, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. You want to speak English powerfully. You want to speak English confidently. Speak English fluently. Think in English. Speak English effortlessly. To do that, you have to train English. Train with my VIP program. Join my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. That's EffortlessEnglishClub.com. I'm going to start today with a very difficult topic. It's a hard topic to talk about, honestly. I've struggled trying to think about how do I talk about this topic because it's such a hard topic. But I guess I'll just do my best, right? That's part of our code. We do the best we can. I'll do the best I can to talk about this topic. And the topic is evil. Evil. E-V-I-L. Evil. Evil in the world. See, as I, as I grew up, you know, from childhood and then into adulthood, but th- and then getting older and traveling the world and having more and more and more experience in the world, I have realized that there is indeed great, terrible, we should say, I guess, terrible evil in the world. There is terrible, terrible evil in the world. Now, you know, actually, this was a little bit of a surprise for me personally. Hard for me to... Uh, this is maybe why it's a hard topic for me. Because, um... Thankfully, thank, thanks to my parents, thankfully to my parents, I had a very nice childhood. Very nice childhood. Well, of course, I had difficulties. We all have difficulties. No, Nobody goes through life without problems so I had challenges you know we, we moved a lot when I was a kid that was very difficult and you know, I had to deal with bullies in school and that was difficult but I wouldn't call that evil I mean bullies in school the ones that I had to deal with at least they were mean I wouldn't quite describe them as evil So I grew up, really, without any encounters with evil. And then I went off to school, university, that is. And again, eh, you know, of course, I met some people who were not great, not wonderful people. Um, but again, I wouldn't say I really encountered anyone that was evil. At least I never had to deal with it. So I managed to get through... Pretty much my... Most of my youth. Well, I'd say all of my youth, really. Without encountering evil. Without really even being aware of it. Now, I imagine there are a lot of people... Like me. Because in many parts of the world... uh, Where we have a lot of civilization where we have countries or at least 
areas inside of countries that are very safe. Japan's a good example of this. Very, very safe country, relatively. That it's easy to go years and years and years, sometimes even a whole lifetime without a direct contact with evil. But this is dangerous. This is dangerous because it can kind of put us to sleep. We're, we're in our safe environments. And then we start to believe there is no evil in the world. That it's just some crazy idea. It's just something you see in the movies. That's not the case. There is great and terrible, terrible evil in this world. And what's, what's scary about it is that you can go years and years and years and years and years, you know, all of your life until now, never encountering evil, and then suddenly, just suddenly, you have n- no expectation, a complete surprise, suddenly you encounter it you encounter an evil person or people and then your whole life can change indeed your whole life can be destroyed and this is why it's important to be aware that evil does exist you know if you ever decide to travel you need to be aware of this, okay? Because I, like, I'm a, I'm a world traveler. I believe in traveling around the world. I've been to all kinds of places. I've seen some crazy stuff. I've been in some dangerous situations. But I'm aware that there's evil, and luckily, I, I, am cautious, it's, and I have been cautious and careful. You always have to be aware of it. You gotta be careful. You want an example of this? There is a YouTube channel. I've mentioned it before called ASP, A S P on YouTube. It's called Active Self Protection. Active Self Protection. It's a fantastic YouTube channel. Really, really good YouTube channel about oh, basically about self-defense. It's about self-defense, active self-protection. The guy who runs it, really cool guy, really seems like a really good guy. But what I love about it is that uh, if you're interested in self-defense, especially, you should absolutely, you must watch the videos on that channel. See, what I love about this guy is he teaches the reality. He teaches the reality of self-defense. He teaches the reality of crime, not the fake news. Right? The fake news, lying media. The lying media, they lie, they lie, they lie, they... 100% 100% lie, 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 lie about everything. They lie in two ways. One, they just tell lies directly. And the second way they lie is they hide the truth. So if you just watch the regular media, you'll have no idea what the true situation is uh, about crime. You'll have no idea what the true situation is about uh, protecting yourself, defending yourself, about what really works and what doesn't work about how it happens really because it's not like the movies right a whole lot of people I know I, I've done mar- different martial arts in my life at different points 
And I know in the martial arts mm, community, let's say, there's a lot of fantasy. There's a lot of fantasy in karate and taekwondo and even jujitsu and other ones, boxing. A lot of fantasy about self-defense and, oh, if somebody attacks me, then I'll do this or I'll do that. And it is fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. You want to see the reality? Watch that channel. Because what this guy does on uh, the YouTube channel, Active Self-Protection, ASP, Active Self-Protection on YouTube, he shows, usually it's security um, film, like videos, like security videos from stores and shops and the streets and uh, sometimes from police cameras, but he, he shows real attacks, real crimes, real attacks, real self-defense situations. You get to see them. And he's got hundreds and hundreds of them on there. So you watch a lot of them and you start to get a feeling for what what it's really like. And you see that all these martial arts fantasies, just forget it. Okay? They don't work. It's a bunch of fantasy. And he, the, the cool thing is he teaches you what does work. And he, he teaches you uh, the important principles of what can save your life. And what can protect and save your family. But it's a hard reality because when you watch these videos, again, this is not fantasy. It's not TV. This is the real world. When you watch them, you realize there are evil, evil people in the world. There are evil people who just attack people for no reason, just to hurt them. The other thing you realize is that when they attack people, whether they're attacking for no reason because they're completely evil, whether they're attacking because they're crazy, whether they're attacking because they want something. Whatever the reason, they attack by surprise. Okay, you don't get a big warning. You don't have, there's no time. You don't see it coming and then you can prepare your super cool defense or you can prepare to run away. Or It happens so fast and the victims and the defenders are always surprised. They're always surprised because they're just doing their normal day. They're just, you know, at a convenience store. They're just walking on the street. They're just uh, standing outside their house. They're just uh, getting into their car or driving along in their car sometimes. And then suddenly, a really terrible, evil person attacks them. I saw one of the worst ones I've ever seen yesterday. This was in China. A guy with a knife just walked up to a woman holding a little baby and just stabbed her in the neck for no reason, just because he's evil or crazy or both. And then uh, another woman tried to help and he stabbed her in the neck and killed her. And then he just walked away. And it all happened in just a few seconds. Okay, evil does exist in this world. It is real. The second thing, <laughs> second area that will uh, help you to understand this important, very important truth is the Q stuff. Follow Q because Q is teaching us. One of the key things Q is showing us is how much evil there is in this world, especially at the top among the powerful and the super rich. 
and the evil is far more terrible than than I imagined. For sure, I think than almost anybody can imagine. In fact, most people, as they learn the truth about how terribly evil these people are and how many are involved in this terrible evil, most people say, oh, no, 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 that can't be. Oh, no, it's not possible. It's a conspiracy theory. Uh, They just don't want to believe it. Just like people don't want to watch active self-protection videos. Now, oh no, it's oh, it, it's it, it can't, it's not going to happen to me. People just want to put it out of their mind. They don't want to see the reality. But let me tell you, I've seen things. I've seen things myself directly when traveling. Uh, one of the most horrible things I've ever seen in my life was in uh, India, traveling. My first trip. No, I'm sorry, my second trip. Horrible, horrible, horrible. evil exists see one of the problems uh, something I've realized uh, when I was younger I was a little more naive probably I think I know a lot of people are because see a lot of people a lot of religions I would call it a kind of fake religion to be honest but a lot of religion teaches that being good equals being soft that being good equals weakness that being good equals ignorance, pretending that everything's great. That being good means you, th- you think that everybody else is also good. There's no evil in the world. That you just have to be soft. Oh, you just, it, as long as you're nice, everything is going to be fine. Right? I mean, I'm a Buddhist, and there are a lot of Buddhists, especially in the West, in America, who I would say they practice fake Buddhism because they don't really read the sutras or practice at all. They just have this idea of just be nice. They think they think it just means be nice, right? Be nice, that's all. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not all. That's not even that's not even any of it actually. Uh, I've seen the same thing with Christians where Christians will b- believe that oh, just Christianity means just be nice, just love and forgive everybody. No. No. (laughs) That's love and forgiveness are part of being good, but you don't just love and forgive everybody for everything. It doesn't mean you accept evil. This is corrupted good. I would call it the corruption of good, the corruption of religion, the corruption of uh, truth. This idea that uh, silence is good. Silence against evil. That when you see evil, when you know about evil, you should just be silent. Don't say anything. Because then you're, you're not being angry. So that means you're good. No, it doesn't. It means you're weak. This idea, this corruption that to be good means to surrender to evil. Right? That when you see evil, when you encounter evil, you just surrender because you're kind. That means you're good. No, it doesn't mean you're good. It means you're weak. It means you're a coward. You're a coward. It means you're letting evil win. That's not good. This idea that we see in the West, especially among kind of the communist, leftist type people, that good means tolerance. They love this word. Be tolerant. Tolerance. Tolerance means you accept. Just accept everything. And so they teach that you accept evil. That you ex- just accept the evil. Just accept the evil people. Oh, 
Oh, we got to forgive them and just accept them. Wrong. That's not good. That's a corruption of good. Accepting evil means you are evil. Accepting evil means you are evil. You do not tolerate evil. You do not tolerate evil. You fight it. If you can, you destroy it. This idea that to be good means to be nice. This again, this is just some kind of modern, very recent, mostly kind of hippie, kind of socialist, communist idea that is just a lie, an outright lie. It's, just, it's designed to make you weak. You can see the, the, the all these ideas, these messages are designed to make you weak. They're designed to make good people weak. They're designed to teach good people just to be weak and soft. To accept evil. Don't fight against it. Just accept it. Don't fight against it. Surrender to it. Don't fight against it. Tolerate it. Be soft. Just be forgiving and loving. That's all you need to do. It's not all you need to do. Goodness and truth require much more. That's why they're more difficult. It's much more difficult to be good. Because to be good requires discipline. To be good requires strength. To be good requires fighting against your own weaknesses. Mental self-discipline, emotional self-discipline. To be good requires thinking long-term, not just short-term, not just what will make you feel good right now. To be good means fighting against this evil. That's why I recommend that you do follow Q and st even just a little bit. And this is why I recommend definitely you should get on that YouTube channel, ASP, Active Self-Protection, so you can see it. You need to see it. You need to be aware that it exists, okay? And when you see what these people are like, these evil people, you'll realize that loving them won't do anything. It won't help, okay? Forgiving them won't help. Accepting and tolerating them will not help. It will just make you a victim. It just means good people suffer and good people die and good people lose. The only way to deal with those kinds of people, these truly evil people, is to fight them and destroy them. If you are attacked, if your family's attacked, let's make it personal. I think you can understand this. Let's just imagine it's you, it's your family, it's possibly your children. What if they attacked you? What if your children were in danger? Hmm? To, would it be good to be weak? Would it be good to surrender? Would it be good to do nothing? Would it be good to tolerate them? Would it be good to accept them? To forgive them? You, no. If your children were in danger, if your family was in danger, what would you do if they, you were attacked? If they were attacked, you would fight back with every amount of strength you have. You would destroy them. You would fight with all of your power to destroy the evil that was trying to hurt you and your family. You would destroy them. This is real self-defense. This is real goodness. This is what goodness and truth demands. That you don't go attacking people yourself, right? It's not that you're going and attacking people for no reason. You're, you're not attacking anyone at all. But if you get attacked, if someone attacks you, 
if evil targets you or someone you love and care about, then you're defending yourself. And at that point, no more weakness, no forgiveness, no tolerance, no love, except the love of your family and the love of goodness. That's what gives you the power. But the evil ones, the attackers, you destroy them. This is the mindset you must have to survive against evil. I hope you never see it yourself. I hope you never encounter it yourself. But you might. You might, okay? It exists. It's all around. And even in safe places like Japan, it exists. These people exist. Terrible things happen in Japan, too. So I, I really want you to watch those videos because it's a good wake up, okay? Because too many of us, this is one of the weak points about good people, I think, is that we do become too soft sometimes. We become too soft, we become too comfortable. And we start to think, well, I'm really good and my, well, everyone in my family is really good and my friends are really good and most of the people around me I see, they seem really kind. So yeah, it's, everything's fine, everybody's good. They're not, okay? They're not. And the problem is that these evil people, they target people who are kind, okay? They target people who are most kind, who are most soft, because they see that as weakness, okay? Those are the people they target. They don't target people who look strong, generally. It can happen, but generally they don't. They avoid those people. They don't want to fight, okay? One of the things about evil people is they like to target weakness. This is why when you see in Q with all this stuff, they're targeting the children. Children. You see it again and again and again. They're targeting children. With these criminals, you'll see on the act of self-protection, often they're targeting women. Or if they're not targeting women, what they do is they always surprise, right? They attack with surprise. They attack from behind. They attack with surprise. If you care about yourself, and certainly if you care about your family, uh, you, you must be aware of this, okay? And I, I recommend to everybody, I've recommended this in the past, I've, I've done VIP lessons about this, that everybody should have at least basic self-defense skills. Basic. At least, at least the skills of verbal self-defense and awareness, so that you know at least how to recognize these situations and try to avoid them, right? So you don't become a victim. Important. I mentioned this before in one of my VIP lessons, how even Mahatma Gandhi, you know, Mr. Nonviolence, even Mahatma Gandhi in his autobiography, which I read, he said that fighting, violence, fighting with violence, defending yourself with violence, is better than surrender. It's better than cowardice. He hated cowardice. He hated it. And he said, look, if, if your only choice is surrender or fighting, you should fight. Now, in, with his, in the situation that he had in India against the British, he felt they could win with nonviolence, and indeed they did. But even Gandhi recognized that sometimes you may have to fight with violence.
So cowardice, goodness does not equal cowardice, okay? It does not equal being a wimp. It does not equal being weak. And, and it certainly does not equal just accepting evil. Okay, check out those videos. Active self-protection on YouTube. Another interesting point, uh, this is from a, a quote I recently saw. I didn't see it directly. Someone quoted Nicholas Taleb, who's a very interesting guy. Syrian, I believe he's from Syria. Uh, he wrote Anti-Fragile, which is a great book. What else did he write? Uh, he's written a couple, Black Swan. He's written a couple, a uh, few interesting books, actually. Anyway, uh, Nicholas Taleb talked about how in your personal life, in your personal life, relationships should be your number one focus, right? Your relationships are most important in your personal life. But in your public life, public life, your top priority must be truth. Truth. I find this to be a very interesting idea, and uh, I do agree with him in the sense that uh, your your personal life and your public life are different, and indeed you should have different priorities, different values for each one, right? What this means is that with the people who are closest to you, that you love, that you know face-to-face, and you know them well... You're going to treat those people differently. Okay? You're going to view them differently. You're going to have a different focus with them than strangers, people you don't know at all. So what he's saying is in your personal life, in your personal life with the the people you love and care about, the relationships must come first. So that means maybe you are softer in your communication, that you do focus a whole lot more, much, much more on things like forgiveness and love and being gentle with your communication with, in your personal life with the people you love. Maybe you avoid talking about some topics. Like if you know, if you have dinner with your parents, let's say your older parents, and if you, have, if you disagree a lot about politics, that's common, that... Well, maybe you should just avoid the topic of politics when you eat dinner with them, right? Because your relationship them with them, your personal life, your parents that you love, that's the most important thing is keeping that really strong, positive relationship with them. And that might mean that sometimes you just keep your mouth shut <laughs> when you disagree. It means if they do something that you know, annoys you or you don't like that, uh, you, you, you're more, more, much more forgiving, right? You, you just try to, well, okay, you, maybe you talk to them about it, but you're going to be kind when you talk to them about it and you're going to forgive them for most of those things because this is your personal life. These are the people you love and care about and know for years and trust. On the other hand, in your public life with strangers, with the whole general world, it's different. You do not owe strangers forgiveness. You do not owe strangers 
the same level of trust. In fact, you may not trust them at all, right? You don't know. Trust is something that is earned. I don't automatically trust people. I mean, a little bit in small things. I trust them, but... Uh, in other areas, uh, I don't automatically trust people. For example, this is important when traveling. Don't just trust people. A little noise. Sorry. When I travel, for example, I'll give you an example. When I travel, if I'm just traveling, I'm in a new city, or any city really, and I'm walking around, and someone walks up to me on the sidewalk to try to talk to me, I don't trust them. Immediately, I don't trust them. Immediately, I'm suspicious because this is not normal behavior, okay? Normal people don't walk up to complete strangers and try to talk to them on the sidewalk. And I have learned (laughs) from experience that most of the time they they can't be trusted. Maybe they're going to ask for money. Maybe they're going to try to steal something from me. Maybe uh, they're preparing some kind of uh, uh, ambush or something. So if, I, if someone starts approaching me in public, I, I will back up, I get my, put my hands up, and I'm very suspicious. Now, I don't start screaming at them or anything because I, I've got to feel the situation. Sometimes they might just ask for directions. Oh, can you tell me where this is? And I'll, okay, yeah, and I'll give them directions. But I'm still not 100% trusting, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm careful. I'm watching them carefully, and I always keep a little distance. I don't get too close to them, right? Because criminals and bad people, they will pretend to do these things so they can steal from you or attack you or do other things. So you've got to be careful. You don't owe them any trust at all. This is one way good people get attacked is they're too trusting with strangers. So you can see that obviously with in the public, your focus is different. And what Taleb's saying is that truth in your public life, in your public life, truth should be your first focus. So in your public life, when you communicate, you're less worried about being soft. You're going to be more direct. You're going to be more strong. You're just going to focus more on being truthful, that that's your main, main, main priority is truth. I don't know if it's number one or not, but he believes it's number one. And in general, I agree with him, right? When I, with my podcast, with my public communication, my shows, I'm very, very, very direct and very strong with my communication. For example, about homeschooling. You know how I feel about homeschooling. I don't try to be soft about it because my focus is on truth. I want to give you truth. On the other hand, with, for example, my sister, my sister has five children, and she sends her children to school. They go to school. And I've talked to her a little bit about homeschooling, and she basically knows my feelings, but I am not so strong about it, because I know she doesn't agree, and I don't want to damage my relationship with my sister about this, you know? She has her children, and she's making her choice. A few times I've recommended homeschooling to her, and she doesn't like the idea. And so, basically, I avoid the topic with her. Because she's my sister, we're close, and my first priority 
It's my personal life. It's my family. My first priority is to keep that relationship strong. I'm not lying to her. I mean, I've told her that I will be homeschooling my children. And I told her how I basically feel about uh, the topics, about schools and about homeschooling. But I don't need to just keep talking about it more and more and more. And I don't need to be super strong about it with her. Because again, my relationship with her is my first priority because it's my personal life. I think this is a good, uh, a good general thing to have in your mind. I think sometimes people get confused and they, they think they have to behave the same uh, or have the same um, priorities, right? The same f- focus with personal and public life, but that's not true. Personal and public life, it's very normal. It's going to be different, right? The people you love and trust and you see face-to-face every day, you're going to uh, focus on different things with them. You're going to treat them much differently than the general public. People you don't know so well. Of course. Not only is that okay, that's actually good and it's actually necessary. Speaking of public, join me over on Gab. Gab Gab.ai. G-A-B dot A-I. That's Gab dot A-I. Remember, I'm decentralizing social media. Decentralizing. This is a battle. It's a, it's a, it's a long battle. If you, you can look at history in this way, by the way. You can look a lot at a lot of conflicts. A lot of things that have happened in history as a battle between centralized power and decentralization. Right? Usually, it's the people, the regular people, who want decentralization. Right? More power to individuals and families. And then it's the the super rich and the super powerful, the top, they want the opposite. They want centralization. They want all the power for themselves. They want to control everybody else. Centralization versus decentralization. Well, we've seen a lot of centralization in social media where Facebook, Google, YouTube, and Twitter have centralized, right? They've captured and controlled most of social media traffic which is very diff- very very dangerous now they're using a lot of censorship they're censoring anybody they don't like they're pushing their kind of communist political views on everybody and trying to silence anyone who disagrees so the when this happens the battle the way you defeat centralization you defeat it with decentralization you spread out the power spread out the traffic, spread out the control. And that's why I have opened lots of different social media accounts, not just those big three. Right now, my favorite is Gab. G-A-B dot A-I. Gab is basically a Twitter replacement. Basically, it replaces Twitter. It has a similar feeling to Twitter, similar function to Twitter, and 
Twitter's the main social media that I use for communication, so it's no surprise that Gab is my favorite alternative. Gab is improved, for sure. It's improved compared to last year. I'm happily surprised by that. I'm getting more and more active on Gab. So it's G-A-B dot A-I. Gab dot A-I. I recommend you join. I mentioned before, it's now very popular with Brazilians, interestingly. But not only Brazilians. Internationally. It's becoming more popular. Follow me on Gab dot A-I. My account is my name, AJ Hogue. A-J-H-O-G-E. Follow me on Gab. One more word about evil and then we'll move on. If you are ever attacked, I'm going to give you the main principle. Principle number one. Mindset number one. The most important mindset to have. If you are ever attacked by evil or just ever attacked by anyone. This is verbally, verbally or physically, or both. The main point of self-defense is you must fight ferociously. You must fight back with all of your energy. What this means is you attack them Okay, you don't just defending, just trying to stop them. Defending yourself doesn't work. Okay, defense does not work in these situations. Like just trying to block. If they're trying, let's say someone comes up and they start trying to punch you, they're going to start punching you. What does not work is trying to block those punches. Forget that. It's not going to work. You're going to get hit again and again. You're going to lose. You're going to suffer. It doesn't work. We know this from the real world reality. Forget the fantasies, forget the movies. In the real world, blocking and defending yourself don't work. The same is true verbally, by the way. If someone attacks you verbally, right? Let's say they say, oh, you're a racist, you're a sexist, you're whatever. Uh, You're a liar, and they just start attacking you verbally. If you try to defend yourself, no, no, I'm not a racist, I'm not sexist, I'm not a liar. If you just try to defend yourself, you will lose. You will lose. Again, even verbally, you attack back. The way you survive and win when you're attacked is that you attack back with even more energy. This is your only chance to survive. Someone attacks you physically, you attack them. You have to destroy them first. You have to injure them. If it's a physical attack, you have to injure them first severely, seriously, first, right? That means knock them unconscious or kill them. You have to do it first. That's the only way to survive, really. That's your only chance. And verbally, it's the same thing. Someone verbally attacks you, face-to-face especially, or like, let's say, in a work environment or something, you have to attack them back with even more energy. You attack them with great energy. You have to destroy them first. This is real world. This is how you deal with evil. This is how you deal with being attacked. Forget defending yourself. Forget that. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. I said I actually did. uh, I think I've done a couple of 
VIP lessons on this topic uh, where I teach you really some very specific things on about how to defend yourself, you know, self-defense, physical self-defense, and also verbal self-defense. I know I did one full lesson about verbal self-defense and the techniques of how to defend yourself against verbal attacks. Uh, and for example, in work or in per- personal life, even, and I did one on physical self-defense against criminals and other bad people. We're redesigning. We're making a new VIP program so that you will get some of those great, fantastic older lessons. So you will get those if you. When you stay a member, when you continue as a member, you'll get some of those, which is cool, which is great. I teach you to speak powerfully. I teach you to speak fluently. I teach you to think in English. I give you that repetition that's so important, the training that's necessary, so you speak English effortlessly. And, and, you know, you know, I always teach you more. It's not, uh, just English is not enough, I think. I teach you about these important topics. I teach you specific skills and techniques for self-defense. I teach you specific skills and techniques for powerful communication, public speaking, uh, succeeding in your job, in your career, uh, different techniques for better relationships, uh, just a generally more successful 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 and happy life I always give you double I give you English and I give you these additional topics skills strategies that's what you get when you join my VIP program and stay a member stay a member Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join at EffortlessEnglishClub.com I mentioned travel. I have a lot of travel coming soon. <laughs> I've had kind of a, a well, but we, uh, we had basically one big trip last year, where we went to America, and honestly, not a great trip. And we went in the winter time, and uh, it was kind of a stressful, difficult trip, honestly. But other than that, pretty, pretty limited travel. We went to Hong Kong one time too, but quite, quite limited. But unfortunately I don't know. Unfortunately, yeah, I'd say unfortunately. I'm not looking forward to it. Unfortunately, this coming year, we have a lot of travel, uh, and, and a little bit, a little bit difficult travel. Honestly, it's going to be a bit tough. Some of it, but oh well. Uh, most of it's necessary travel. Several uh, business trips that I've got to do. So I will be a road warrior. Starting soon. Starting soon, I'll be going... uh, Actually, over the next year, I'll be going all the way around the world with stops in different places. It's going to be a year on the road, mostly. 
Now, the reason I said I'm not looking forward to it totally is because, uh, uh, of course, there's things I love about travel, and I've talked about them many, 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 many times. Travel can be great. Travel does have some challenges. One of the challenges is it breaks your routine, especially it's hard to be healthy when you travel. This is my main worry. This is the thing that I always struggle with when traveling. It's continuing to, to, you know, to eat well, to get enough exercise, that kind of stuff is kind of challenging. When traveling, the I recommend, especially if you, ha- if you have to travel a lot, one of the things that helps me is to have a morning ritual. You know, just recently, VIP members, you got the uh, uh, lesson, right, about establishing that ritual in the morning. Well, I kind of extend that. I have a extended, a longer morning ritual when I'm at home. Just a normal at home, right? So, you know, I wake up and whatever, have breakfast, and then do some exercise, and and then I go for a long walk, or maybe a jog, and then I have a coffee, and then I do work. And so there's kind of this beginning of my day, It's it's a ritual that I have, a routine that I have. And my mindset is to focus on the most important stuff in the morning. Or in the beginning of the day. Maybe it's not morning sometimes, but to focus on these things in the beginning of the day. Get these important things done first. You know, health, fitness, some exercise, uh, and then usually some work. And then after that, the rest of my day is much more flexible and open. It just depends. Each day might be a bit different. One key way to enjoy travel and to make it less stressful is to keep these same morning rituals, routines, everywhere you go. I try to do this myself. So let's say if I fly to another city and I'm staying in a hotel, well, in the mornings I try to still do exactly the same thing like I do at home. So I'll get up, I'll do... Uh, wake up and have breakfast or whatever Uh, I'll do the my exercise routine push ups and pull ups or whatever I'm doing and then I'll go out for a long walk or a jog and then I'll go to a coffee shop I can usually find a coffee shop anywhere and I'll do work you know plan out the podcast or something record the podcast do some work on the computer And then after that, then I'll do whatever, right? Then maybe we do sightseeing if it's a vacation, or I'll go do other work if it's a work trip, or visit with family if it's a family trip or whatever, right? So the rest of the day and the evenings might be different each time. But uh, I try to keep my mornings exactly the same. And I find this uh, this is very, very helpful when traveling because it, it... it it helps to keep me in you know good shape right to keep my health and fitness pretty good it also gives me a feeling of stability stability is the opposite of change right uh change can be fun and exciting when you're traveling but when you travel a lot like i do uh, change can also start to feel stressful if it's just too much you're just moving 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 uh it can get very tiring and stressful 
So I find by ha- keeping this same routine in the mornings or in the beginning of the day, it, it, that way it doesn't matter if I'm in Hong Kong, if I'm in Japan, if I'm in America, if I'm somewhere in Europe, or if I'm in Bangkok, it, that I keep this sort of routine in the mornings and it, it gives me a feeling of stability. It make, means that I still get my work done. It means I get, still get exercise done. The things that are most important to me, I still do them. And uh, that's a nice balance. So I recommend this. If you have to travel a lot, if you just take a vacation, this is not so important. But if you are someone who travels a lot, um, a lot of business people have jobs that where they've got to travel a lot, I recommend this. Establish some kind of routine. It could be morning or you can be any time of day. I prefer mornings. And try to keep it the same routine at home and when you travel. This is one of the reasons, by the way, for fitness that I don't like to go to gyms anymore. One reason I don't like gyms is that I just feel they waste a lot of time. They, I, I get tired of you know, waiting for equipment. I, just going to the gym and then coming back from the gym, it just, it's a lot of time wasted. I prefer to just uh, work out at home. But the other reason is, that's important is that when traveling, it's not always easy to find a gym you know, that's convenient to my hotel. But if I do body weight exercise, so push-ups, pull-ups, body weight squats, um, handstands, that kind of stuff, I can do that anywhere. I have these little pull-up handles. I can put them in a door. So I can do them in like a bathroom door in a hotel. I've done that many times. Push-ups can be done anywhere. Pull-up squats, uh, press, uh, handstands can be done anywhere. Just need a wall. So the great thing is I can just do the exact same workout. It doesn't matter, right? I can do it in a hotel room. I can do it in my apartment. I can do it in a park outdoors. That's, and that's also why I, I like walking and jogging. Uh, because, again, I can do those really anywhere. I can walk or jog in a city, in the countryside, in the mountains, basically anywhere I am. Or cycling, for example. I, some people love, like cycling, I understand, but uh, it requires equipment, which means it's harder to do it when you're moving around a lot. This is why I just love the simplicity of walking and jogging and then just body weight calisthenics. I, I have a nice, solid fitness level, and I can do it anywhere while I'm traveling all around the world. I can do, just do it uh, wherever I am, keeping the same exact routine, which is great. So there's another good benefit of body weight exercise. Okay, finally, let's talk about marketing. I got a request recently on the topic of financial freedom. Again, talk about marketing. And the request was on social media. I think it was on Gab, actually. Someone asked me about... uh, you know, starting a business and how to use the internet for marketing and how maybe a lot of people, they're not sure how to use the internet for marketing purposes. And in general, I know a lot of people who start businesses, marketing is a big weak point, which is not good because marketing is probably the most important thing. Like I said, marketing and product or service. You need a product or a service and you need marketing. These are the two super essential, super important parts of a business. These two. 
So no marketing means no business. There are basically two, um, hmm, what we call, two areas of marketing. Two general types of marketing, we could say. Targets is maybe a better word. Two targets for marketing, your marketing and your business. One, I would say, is, is called new. New customers or new prospects. And this is the first one, right? If you open a business, let's say you just open a business. We'll use the restaurant as an example again. You open a restaurant. Well, what's your first challenge? You've got to get people to come in. You've got to get people to come in, right? People have to find you. If they don't know you're there, you have no customers. So this is the very first thing is you've got to get new people. You're a new business, so you have nobody. Nobody really knows about you, so this is your biggest challenge is for marketing is to get new people. You have to attract new people, totally new people. And this is the first kind of marketing. A lot of people use advertising for this. I've talked about other ways you can do this, like with a podcast, building your audience first. That's why it's so important, because getting new people is the hardest part. This is the hardest part of marketing, is this kind. Getting people who don't know you at all to hear about you, become interested, and then try out your product or your service. This is not easy. People are distracted. People are busy. It's hard to get people to do that. Very hard. And if you're using advertising, paid advertising, it can be very expensive to attract people and get them to try your business. It's a big challenge, this first one. The second target for marketing are your customers, your existing customers, people who already know you, who already like you, and who maybe have already bought from you one time. And that target is actually super, super important also. Some businesses uh, don't realize how important this is and they, they kind of almost ignore their customers and their fans because they're always worried about getting more and more and more new, new, new. But the truth is that your existing customers, the people who've tried you at least one time, that's, those are your best people for marketing, right? They already tried you. They already liked you. So it's much, much, much easier to get them to try you again. So again, using the restaurant example, the hardest thing is to get someone to come in the first time. That is the most difficult thing. They don't know about you and you need to get them to come in and eat at your restaurant one time. That is very tough. Right? You're going to have to do a lot of marketing to get people to come in first. It's much easier, much easier to get someone to come back. If your product or service is good, of course. If your food sucks, then your business will fail. <laughs> okay, but let's just assume, let's assume your food's good. People like your food. 
you're a restaurant, people like your food. So you, oh, you're new, nobody's heard of you. You, you advertise, you do all this other marketing, you do social media marketing, you get some people to come in. Well, don't just ignore them. Don't just let them leave after that and they never hear from you again. That's crazy because those are your best possible customers because your next step, the most important step, is to make them repeat customers. You want them to become regulars. That's how you make a successful restaurant. Not by constantly having to get new people all the time. That's too expensive, too difficult. You've got to do that some, but most of your business success depends on people coming back again and again and again, right? You become one of their favorite restaurants. So they come in maybe every month. They come and eat at your place. You want a lot of people who come back again and again and again. That's how you build a super successful restaurant. And so the really the professionals, the people who know what they're doing, they have marketing that's designed to bring people back. They market to their existing customers. They market to people who have already tried their product or service and they encourage them to come back. Very important. Very important. And there's many ways you can do it. Uh, I recently saw an interview with a guy uh, who's kind of an expert on restaurant marketing, and he talked about some different ways restaurants can do this. So, for example, when they have a new customer come in, somebody comes in to eat at the restaurant, and the waiter or waitress will ask them, oh, is this your first time? If they say yes, they use a special color napkin, let's say a red napkin. So they put a red napkins on the table. Now the waiter and everybody knows, ah, these are first-time customers. Well, they serve them their dinner or their food. And then, because they're first-time customers, they will give them a coupon, like a discount. So they'll say, ah, next time you come in, use this coupon and you can get a free dessert, right? Just for example, something free or whatever. So now they tried it one time and now they have like a little bonus, a reason to come back and try a second time. When they come back a second time, they'll ask again, are you first time customers or not? And they'll say, no, no, this is our second time. So maybe they use a different napkin color. Maybe they use a blue napkin. Now they know these guys have come back two times. Oh, these are repeat customers. So now they'll, again, they'll notice them. Maybe the manager comes out and talks to them. Hey, thanks for coming back. I hope you like it. Hope you like our restaurant. Appreciate that you're coming back again. That's wonderful. You know, enjoy your free dessert. Right? But this is a kind of marketing where they're focusing on existing customers and the focus is to make keep them happy create this stronger connection with them and this positive relationship with them really so that they will keep coming back again and again and again and again and again that's how you build a long-term successful business You will always need to get new people, some new people, right? Because some of your old people will leave and sometimes they move or sometimes they just, you know, they just change their mind or whatever. that, That happens. So you always need to get new people, but you cannot build a business with just new people all the time. It's, well, I won't say cannot, but it's very, very tough. It's very, 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 very difficult to do. 
very hard. You'll see it in sometimes in tourist areas because, right, the tourists, it's always new people. So in those kinds of areas, the people are very aggressively trying to get the tourists to come in. They don't care about repeat business because they know the tourists will be leaving. But it's, it's a hard business. It's hard. It's hard because they never get loyal customers. They never get people coming back. So they have to use a huge amount of time and effort and money to constantly be getting new people, new people, new people, new people all the time. And a lot of those businesses fail. It's very hard to keep a business like that. The businesses you see that survive for years and years and years and years, they focus on what are called repeat customers, right? Those loyal customers. They're, you could call it customers. You could call them a community. So just, you know, think of your favorite businesses, your favorite restaurants. I'll talk about mine, right? This, this coffee shop I come to uh, all the time here in Osaka. I come here. I, I come here almost every single day. They're getting money from me almost every day. I'm a repeat customer. They don't need to spend any extra money advertising to bring me in, right? Because now I'm a loyal customer. I love their product. They're, they're really nice to me when they come in. They, they don't ignore me. They don't pretend like I'm a stranger. They, they, oh, hi, right? They always, oh, they recognize me. Like I'm a, they, they make me feel good because I'm a repeat customer. They, uh, if they have a new coffee, they have different flavors. They always say, oh, today's flavor is new. Oh, what do you think? And they let me try it, right? Just little things like this, little things to build a connection, to build a relationship with me as their repeat customer. And so, you know, now I feel not only I like their coffee and I like their, uh, just like the feeling of the place. It's a nice place to do work. But I also like the people because they, they, I feel like I have a little relationship, right? They, they're nice to me. They recognize me. They chat with me a little bit. They treat me differently. They treat me like I'm a regular customer, like I'm part of their communi- community here at the coffee shop. And I, of course, I look around and I see there are lots of people. This, I see a lot of the same faces inside the coffee shop every day. Right? They've got a lot of repeat customers. And therefore, they're, they're usually full, usually full. They have a successful business because of this. If you can imagine, like your favorite family restaurant, same idea, right? You probably go back several times per year. And they probably have lots of people who love that restaurant and go back many times. That's why they're successful. So you've got to think about this. When you start a business, it doesn't matter online, offline, restaurant, whatever you're doing. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you, you should think about this carefully. Number one, I would say you want to sell a product or a service that people can buy again and again, not just one time. If you can only sell your product to them one time and then finish forever, that's a hard business. That's a tough business because now you always have to get new people constantly. 
you can have some products like that. It's okay to have some products where they only they just buy at one time. But you also you always want to have some product or service, some choice that's repeat, so that the people who love you can keep coming back. Because people who love you, who love your service or love your product, they will want to do that. Okay, if they love you. They will want to come back. They will want to spend money with you again and again. They will want to get a product or a service from you again and again and again. So be sure to design something like that. And the second thing is when you are thinking about your marketing and planning marketing and testing your marketing, don't forget these people. Okay? Don't just focus on the new people all the time. It's I know it's easy to do that, especially in the beginning. It's easy to do because you're so afraid that you've got nobody. But it's super important. Don't ignore your existing customers. Don't ignore this important, super important need to bring people back again and again to build a connection with your customers, with the people who like what you're doing. You've got to find many different ways. They can be small ways, just just by going and chatting with them a little bit. Uh, if you're online, then doing something with social media like Twitter or Gab, that's one way to do it. Even something like a podcast is something you can do, right? Because you're, you're giving, you're connecting with them frequently. That's important. Or something like the restaurant example where you're, again, where you're noticing that these are not new people and so you give them a little bit of special attention, maybe a special little discount or something sometimes. It doesn't have to be big. It's really more about the emotional connection is the key thing. But you should plan it. It should be, it should be planned, right? So that you're building that connection. Because after all, you should, right? These, these are people who, who have come and they've given you money and you've, they liked what you did or they liked your service or your product. I mean, th- these are the most important people of all. So you've got to treat them well. You've got to have a marketing plan for them too. And by the way, this is how you get word of mouth. Word of mouth. Word of mouth, maybe you've heard this term, word of mouth, word of mouth marketing. It basically means recommendations, right? It means your customers recommend you. In a lot of marketing books, you'll see the business people talk about word of mouth. It's very important, word of mouth marketing. Why is this? Well, it's because it's, it's the best marketing, right? It's best if, if your customers tell their friends, tell their family about you, they say, oh, you've got to try this. It's so fantastic, so wonderful. I mean, that's free marketing for you. That's free marketing. And their friends and their family will listen to them more than they listen to you or your advertisement because they trust them. So word of mouth marketing is fantastic. Of course it is, but... Most uh, businesses just hope word of mouth will happen. They just hope it kind of like it happens by luck. But see, this kind of marketing, when you market to your customers, your existing customers, when you do nice things for them, when you appreciate them, most of all, when you just connect with them, when you keep connecting with them, building that relationship with them, 
that increases word of mouth, right? They're more likely, they are much more likely to tell friends or family about you when you make them feel appreciated, right? So just like, for example, I'll give you, then back to the coffee shop example, there are two coffee shops I come to here at Namba Station. There are actually two that I go to. Sometimes, I, mostly I come to this one, which is kind of a New York coffee shop. That's the style. It's a, it's actually, I think it's a New York company, although, of course, the owners and the workers are all Japanese. And then there's another one, a different one, in this area that is uh, kind of a European style that I've, I've mentioned that one before. So I've got these two choices. I'd say 90% of the time I come to the New York coffee shop. 90%. I only go to the other one when this one is busy. I'm at the New York coffee shop today. If I co- Sometimes on the weekends, I'll come to this New York coffee shop. It'll be full. There's nowhere to sit. All the chairs are full. And then I'll go to the other one as my backup. But it's always my backup. It's no- almost never my first choice. Why? Well, it's these little things. You know what the main reason is? I'll tell you the main reason. When I go to the European coffee shop, it's Japanese workers, right? It's just European style. It kind of, it feels like a European cafe to me. I go there and I, I have been going there for, I don't know, a year and a half. It's the same workers every single time. Right? So I recognize all of them. They have seen me many, 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 many times. And yet, every time, even now, if I go today, for example, if I went today or this week, when I order, they, they never, they never, 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 never act like they know me. They never do anything to show that they recognize me as a repeat customer. They just look at me with like a blank face and just take my order. They never say, hey, how are you today? Nothing. Nothing at all. Completely impersonal, right? On the other hand, this coffee shop, this American one, American style, it's the opposite. Like I just said, I come here every single time. They smile, hey, how are you today? They say, oh, today we have a different flavor coffee. Uh, maybe uh, we, th- we think you'll like it. You probably like this one. Uh, you know, they'll ask me about... Uh, sometimes if I wear, I'm wearing my hat, like my Georgia hat, they'll say, oh, what is this hat? What does it mean? What's the G? Right? Just, it's just little... It's so small, right? These are such small little things, just basic human things. But the main thing is, right, they recognize me. I'm a repeat customer. They treat me like a repeat customer. They don't look at me like they've never seen me before, like I'm just a number. Right? It's just these little interactions completely change my feeling about this place. Uh, so I recognize the people here and I'm like, oh yeah, they're so friendly and they always smile and they chat with me a little bit. And you know, my Japanese sucks uh, and some of them can't speak English much, but it's just little. It's very, very small, but it's, it makes a big difference my, about my feeling for this place as a customer. And so that's why when I come to this area, I come here first. I always come here first. 
right? And that's that's marketing. You don't realize it, but that's marketing. It's also customer service, of course, but it is marketing. They they are recognizing how important repeat customers are, and they're putting energy into appreciating their existing customers. They know it's their existing customers that will make their business strong. Very, 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 very important. Now, what's interesting is the European one, they actually have a much better location. And maybe that's why they can survive and not do this because they are in a super busy area, like right in the middle of the, um, the station. So they get a huge amount of traffic going by. So maybe that's why they don't care. Whereas this place, this this New York one, is is actually not a great location. It's not so busy here, and yet it's always full. Interesting. So you can see, to, to get word of mouth and to get repeat customers, you've got to take care of your customers. You have to have a marketing plan, a marketing plan for existing customers. Just be sure you do this. When you start any kind of business, be sure you do this. Even something like real estate, like you're selling houses to people. Again, what do most real estate agents do? Well, they'll sell a house to somebody, and then after they they sell the house, they have zero contact. They never have contact with those people again because they think, oh, well, I sold the house. They're not going to buy another house for a long time. So just forget them now. Now I need to go find more new people. Big, big mistake. The great real estate people know that their existing customers are super important. So they'll still send them. They might, maybe they'll send them a card twice a year just saying, hey, hope you're enjoying your new house. Maybe they'll send them something about moving, you know, or changing their mail address or something about the neighborhood they just moved into. Just some kind of tips, something to keep the relationship, keep a good feeling. Why? Because number one, People buy houses. I mean, people move. Sometimes people buy a house and then something changes and they have to move and buy another house a few years later. They might get customers from them again. But even more importantly, what happens? They might have friends or family that are looking for a house, right? That customer might have a a few months later, maybe someone in their family is also moving and they'll say, oh, my real estate agent was fantastic. So friendly and so helpful. Even after we bought the house, sent us this great information. They're great. You should, you should call them. So it doesn't matter. Any kind of business you want to develop this positive relationship, this positive connection, you can call it marketing. But it, it, indeed, it is. It's a very, very, very part of market, important part of marketing, and I think it's neglected. Yeah, it's ignored by a lot of businesses, uh, which is a big mistake. Okay, then. Well, I hope you're doing well. It's time for me to go get some food. It's, again, once again, it's early fall now. Still hot. Still hot. I'm still in shorts, but the temperatures have dropped a bit. We're definitely at the beginning of fall now. It, temperatures again, Fahrenheit in the 80s. The 80s. 
hope you're doing well. As always, contact me on Gab. You know, get on Gab. Follow me at AJ Hogue, A-J-H-O-G-E. Decentralize online. Decentralize. And of course, train English with me. Join my VIP program. Join today. Become part of my VIP program. Speak English fluently, powerfully, effortlessly. Think in English. Join my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com. That's EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join today.